Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Spadrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it. Throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have come to an end. The Giants have won the pennant. Brad Evans and Double G back on Thompson to Clark. We had a pretty busy week last week talking about the yeah. trade deadline stuff. We were on Bleacher Report. That was fun. A lot of people were upset with how how even-minded you were with your take. <laughs> they didn't like me being cool about stuff, man. I don't know. I've always I've always grown up uh, under the umbrella of, you know, things happen and uh, you just have to accept it and move on. And that's kind of, we have no control over the trade deadline. We just hope we get certain players. We didn't. So you got to look at the positives, man. And, you know, the other thing about that is we, when we did that show for Bleacher Report, I read uh, Andy Baggerly's piece like the next day. And it was very similar to what we said, which it is it. <laughs> there was no there was no killers out there. There was nobody that the Giants could get that were going to be game changers unless you dipped into the Verlander and Scherzer and Giolito. And those guys were going to be the ones to cost a lot of uh, your prospects. So uh, as far as the bats, you know, that that was the one thing that I was a little frustrated with because, you know, they have a lot of depth, but they have a lot of depth that is young or not reliable and often injured. So I kind of get scared when we're relying on some of these players to, you know, take us from August through October and any, you know, any, any amount of, you know, Brandon Crawford's knee could flare up again and you yeah. know, we'll be forced to, to play somebody else at shortstop. So it's just stuff like that where I was like, oh, I just wish we could have got like that back end piece where, if something does happen, you know, I'm a little bit more comfortable with it. But instead, you know, we got the great Mark Mathias on the roster. Yeah. Going on. He sent, uh, How can he you s- go wrong there? He sent uh, <laughs> old Casey Schmidt down. Uh, Casey Schmidt was, he was hitting like 105, like yeah. over the last X number of weeks. Struggling hard. Struggling oh, hard. Man. But but again, you know, you always forget to, we don't because we follow this stuff, but remote, like guy, players like Ramon Lariano are, are out there. Um, you know, it, uh, you know, the, the, the Indians or sorry, the guardians were awarded. Um, You're Lariano. usually good about that. I'm the one who screws up. I know that's the first time I think in a long time. And I even have it like the picture. I can see the name guardians in my head. Cause I saw the blurb today and I said the wrong name. Um, but yeah, so the, they they got him off of waivers. But there are going to be more players. There's going to be starting pitchers. There's going to be relief pitchers. There's going to be depth pieces. But you also have to remember, some of these guys are they going to be worth claiming off of waivers and then opening up a forty man roster spot? Um, I don't want to play spoiler, but we did lose a player off of the forty man roster we who did. we've seen up with the bigs the last couple of days. Um, and, and, and Isan Diaz. And so they had to, uh, drop him down and, and try to pass him through, pass him through waivers. He, he was DFA'd and that's because, uh, Luis Gonzalez is back and finished his allotted stint in the, uh, rehab assignment in triple a. And at that point, you've got to activate him from the 60-day. When you're coming off the 60-day, yeah. you take a 40-man spot because when you go on the 60-day, you relinquish a 40-man spot. That's the beauty of the 60-day. So here we are in this situation. Um, and, and you know, we might see a little bit more movement like that. It's not, it's not going to be anything earth-shattering. I mean, Isan Diaz struggled. He, he's a great AAA player. Yeah. Um, you know, he struggled up in the, up in the majors with hitting. So let's go over some of the things that happened since we last talked. Uh, Marco Luciano went down to Sacramento. 
I was kind of hoping he would stick around, but just knowing that guys were coming back, it was not that hard to predict that he was going to go back down. Yeah. Uh, Tyro Estrada was activated. So that was great to see. He actually played some really good baseball the last couple of days too. It was nice to see. It, it didn't really help uh, as, as much as you would want in the win loss column, but it was great to see him kind of ignite some things. He had a, this a sweet drag bunt yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, in order for uh, uh, Mark Mathias to come up, we mentioned Casey Schmidt. So Casey Schmidt is back down. So, man, Sacramento Rivercats, they, they better make a run for it. They got all this great <laughs> talent. All of our top guys are back <laughs> yeah. there. Uh, and like you said, Easton Diaz and then Luis Gonzalez back in Sacramento as well. Uh, I wonder, I, I mean, it's probably going to take an injury for him to come up. But I wonder if he I wonder if they're sort of re- like, you know, kind of what I said, where, you know, you have a lot of these guys who are often hurt because um, Yastrzemski is still going to come back. So there's a little bit of a there, it may be a little harder for Luis Gonzalez to come up than uh, than I previously thought when we talked about him last week. So, uh, yeah, but, you know, the Giants, they're as, as negative as I'm going to be to start this show, the positive is that as of today, they were still atop the National League wild card tied with the Phillies. So that is good news. Secondly, they are facing Anaheim this week. They're going into Anaheim, and there's no other, uh, I, I would say, slumping team than the Anaheim Angels right now. They've lost every single game since the trade deadline. <laughs> does that pretty much make it so that we're going to make the angels look like world beaters then? Here's the thing that's weird about the giants. They play really well against good teams and they have the worst winning percentage against losing teams out of all yeah. of the, the contenders. So what would we consider the angels? Cause just a couple weeks ago, uh, the Angels were kind of making it a little bit of a of a run. They were within a few games for the wild card. It is not it has not been that way since. But do we still consider them to be a good team? Because if we don't, then the Giants may get smoked in this series because they're not <laughs> playing against a good team. Let's say that the Angels are great. I, I'm Let's... with you. Let's go into that. All hail. <laughs> so I mean, and they face Otani. Oh on gosh. Wednesday, right? So that that's yeah. going to be interesting. I think we faced him once uh, two years ago, I believe it was. Um, totally different lineup. So this will be kind of a test. You know, because you know how it goes. We struggle against great pitching. We struggle against uh, pitchers we've never seen before, uh, rookie pitchers. Uh, but then, you know, hit fairly well against uh, pitchers who were kind of middle type of guys, uh, your, your twos, your threes, your fours, and your fives. Um, but Otani is that true number one. He's not the most dominating pitcher in the majors this year, um, but just combine that with the fact that he's got almost 40 home runs, it's just absolutely mind-boggling. I was trying to explain to a guy at work today who doesn't follow baseball, he's a big soccer fan, and I tried to explain who this person would be like if you were watching soccer. I don't know of anybody. <laughs> I mean, there there aren't any soccer players who are fantastic forwards, but also go back and play great defense. You're not talking about like a Michael Jordan who could do both really, really well. Um, in soccer, they just don't have that. So I, I, so I told him, I said, you know, they're going to be on local TV Wednesday night. Otani's going to be pitching. Just watch, and you'll be blown away by this kid. And Otani, well, you know the the live viewing of of this. You know we're, we're pre Giants Angels, which starts about an hour. But the people listen on the podcast. This game will already be done. But I kind of wanted to talk about the game. Uh, we usually we save it for the end, but I kind of just wanted to talk about it early in the show because I was looking at the lineup. The Giants, uh, you could add up the Giants' uh, top three home run hitters. (laughs) Wilmer Flores, J.D. Davis, Michael Conforto. You add up all of their home runs, 
you get to 40. One, no, 41. Otani has 40 all by himself. Yeah, yeah. And spread around this lineup, you have Drury with 14, Renfro with 17. Um, and those are those are your those are your next two guys. And the Giants' top three guys are 14, 14, and 13. So from a home run perspective, uh, the Angels uh, hit the ball out of the ballpark a lot more than Giants do. But the Giants do have their ace on the mound, someone who is going to get a lot of ground balls. <laughs> By the way, who was the the little shortstop who just hit the ball uh, over the fence yesterday against Alex Cobb? And, like, I think it was uh, – who was in – who was J.D.? I think uh, – no, it was uh, Jock. Jock was in left field. Yeah. And he was playing so shallow that he was racing <laughs> towards the fence in left field to get to the ball. And he could not get there in time before the ball cleared the fence. Like it was like he was like running just to get to the fence. And like they were playing this guy so shallow. And he takes two Alex Cobb pitches deep. One he picked up off the floor. And the other one was like a tomahawk on a hanging breaking ball. And I was just like, man, you know, this guy's never going to hit two home runs in a game again in his life. No. And he hit it against the Giants, and he hit it against one of the best ground ball pitchers in the league. So something was funky. Something was going on in the air I, yesterday. You know, Oakland. those are the games that are so frustrating to watch. Yesterday was such a fluke game, uh, the Sunday game, where the Giants are up 6-3 to three at one point. And you think, okay, they're going to wrap this up the way their their bullpen has been the last couple of weeks. Um, they're dialed in. This game is over. Uh, and, and then, uh, like you said, little Nick Allen keeps fighting back. He's got three home runs this season, and two <laughs> of them were yesterday. He's got seven <laughs> career home runs. He's a career 203 hitter, and he's hitting 195 this season. That kind of tells you right there, you know what? The Giants were not destined to win yesterday's ball game. Uh, I chalk that up as as one of those games where it's like, well, that's baseball and 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 you just kind of have to move on cuz if the giants win tonight uh they're they're um let's see who's pitching for the angels patrick sandoval great ground ball pitcher um when you look at that situation the giants can put the ball in play he's not a huge strikeout guy uh and then they can win this ball game tonight and then you look back at yesterday's ball game and go eh you know one of 162, it happens. Weird stuff's always going to happen. Okay, but are you worried? I, and I said we're going to preview the game a little bit, but now I'm already getting to yesterday's frustration. <laughs> you know, the, this wild card, and, you know, part of the reason why the, the trades, you know, at the trade deadline and all that didn't really happen is because there are more teams in the race who they can consider themselves you know, a, a, a possible contender for one of the three wild cards in each league. So if you look at that as a, oh, well, you know, this wild card thing is working. Sure. So there's less players out there. So that's that's one thing. Yeah. But the thing that's frustrating or that's bothering me, and Alex Cobb kind of mentioned this yesterday after the game, which is if it's going to be tight and as of right now, you know, the Giants are in the lead, but you know this this whole thing can can go you know up and down and i imagine we're going to be fighting for this thing you know very late into the season a, a two games against the a's which every other team in this thing probably said oh you know we got both of those easy like we don't have to worry about those and the giants don't is that going to bite them in the in the butt that's kind of my worry is you you kind of gave away two easy wins and just I just hope that those, you know, it doesn't come down to it and it comes down to, you know, oh man, if we had just won one of those games against the A's in <laughs> Oakland, it would be so much easier. You know, I totally understand where you're coming from. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was rivalry games, quote unquote, on the road. I don't know how the Giants do it when they face the A's. I don't know if it's one of those things where they just, sleep in their own beds and they all hop a bus and drive over to mm -hmm. Oakland or how it works. I know with the Rams, when they're playing at home, quote unquote home against the chargers, they both play in the same stadium per NFL rules. The Rams actually have to stay in a hotel 
as if it's a road game. It's a rule. Um, and then they bust to the field. That's just the, the way that works there. So I think baseball is a little bit different either way. I mean, the, the giants are basically in the same time zone. They're, uh, you know, in the same area, but it's still a road game. It's still a, uh, a series against your rival. The A's get up for these games. Giants beat them two at home. A's now take two at their home. But then you have to look at the series before against the Diamondbacks. The Giants was a heartbreaker in the first game, uh, and they could have folded. That could have been a really ugly series. But then they come back and win three games in a row right after the trade deadline that they didn't have much business winning because you know, the fan base was upset. Everybody was mm-hmm. upset about nothing happening at the trade deadline. But the Giants player said, this is who we have. This is who we are. We're going to continue on, win this series, take three out of four from the Diamondbacks. Again, it kind of evens out. So these two games, the Giants are probably going to end up, I mean, I'm just saying, if they are the team they are, and if 2023 continues to play out how weirdly it has been, the Giants are going to win two out of three against the Angels or sweep the angels. And we're going to go Oakland series. What? I don't know what happened. I mean, the giants still have a three game lead in the wild card. Um, they're at the top. I think they're tied with Philly at this point. Yeah. Right? The top yeah. spot. Uh, and, and still three games uh, of play with that lost opportunity. Absolutely. Because everybody else was losing this weekend in the past couple of days. Um, Giants are the only team that had a winning record of all of the those wildcard teams in the past like five days. Um, but, you know, again, if, if the Giants are a good team like they are telling us that they are, uh, then, then they go into Anaheim and, and they take that series and then they continue on from there. But, you know, again, really tough schedule coming up ahead. And, and yeah, you hate to lose even one game in Oakland, but to lose both of those games, especially the second game, that Sunday game, in the fashion that they did lose, it's extremely frustrating, extremely heartbreaking. But then tonight and, and the rest of this series in Anaheim, we're going to see what this team is made of. I was thinking about this back to this game, back to this uh, Monday night uh, opener against the angels. I was like, huh, you know, this is kind of cool. Maybe, maybe Shohei is kind of now I don't want him to beat us, but maybe he's showing (laughs) off for the giants. And then I thought, no, it's actually the other way around. The giants have to show off for Shohei. Yeah. And so spanking the angels, in all three of these games, that would be fantastic. That that would show him, hey, you know, these guys got it together. They they you know, it's a good organization. They come into our park. They're you know, they lose two to a team that they should have rolled over both games, and now and they know they got to take care of business. I kind of like that. So yeah, let's go. Let's get all of these games. Let's push the poor Angels, you know, even further out of contention in the American League. The other thing that I'm scared of, though, when it comes to the Giants and this wild card is, like you said, thankfully, a lot of the other teams in the wild card race are faltering. So Cincinnati Reds, who were hot, they've lost six in a row. Miami has lost four in a row. Arizona has lost six in a row. So they're falling out. Arizona's falling out of it a little bit. Um, the uh, the Padres uh, are... They had they had a pretty good week, but they 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 lost two in a row to the Dodgers, I believe. And or no, they today, was today the first game of that series with the Dodgers. No, it was actually the last game of the series. Okay, it was kind of a weird Friday through Sunday. Okay, series. that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know the thing that is a little, or Friday through Monday. Sorry, sorry, a little scary about the Giants is because of their lack of run production. They, if you want to look at the entire, uh, the entire race. So Milwaukee at sixty and fifty-three, they actually have scored less runs than the Giants. But every other team except for Miami has scored more runs than the Giants. Thankfully, the Giants are controlling the other team scoring, but they are under five hundred runs for the year. The Dodgers have scored 637 runs. The Giants have scored 495. 
That is scary because the offense is continually getting worse. There's no real sign of improvement as far as I can see. I'm just seeing, you know, a, a lot of bad offensive baseball, a lot of strikeouts, a lot of guys on base that just do not get moved over or don't get hit in, like a lot of just terrible clutch hitting. Now, some of that is, you know, the, the, there it's 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 some of it is just sort of luck and circumstance, and like you said, it's, it's baseball. But that is concerning to me. Less than 500 runs, and you're looking at some of the poorer or more average teams in baseball have actually scored more runs than the Giants. That's kind of scary. Yeah. And I don't know what the fix is. It's not AJ Pollock who's hitting third today. Like he he should be <laughs> he should be an additive, right? He he can add yeah, in yeah. some instances. And, and like you you mentioned with Sandoval on the mound, he's hitting third because he hits left-handed pitching well, uh, right. not not because he's a he's a traditional third hitter. Um, I think he's currently in his Giants career. Uh, he's he's an zero for three with one strikeout. So there's you know there's small sample size there. But they're depending on him to come in and rake against uh, right hand or uh, left handed pitching. So the the lineup is obviously dead set on uh, on righties and Slater, Estrada, Pollock, Flores. Flores is their best offensive player, and I don't. It's not really close right now, and he doesn't even play every yeah. day. J.D. Davis, Patrick Bailey, Conforto, who's hitting seventh, the only left handed hitter in the lineup, and Matos, and then. The great Mark Mathias is uh, hitting ninth, just got called up. So, you know, very heavy right-handed hitting lineup. I think you would also mention that uh, it's possible that uh, they're probably going to throw some righties coming out of the pen. So you kind of get Pollock out of there early. But I, I don't know if I like that because, you know, he's a pretty dependable defensive player. So, um you know, do we end up putting Jock out in the outfield again? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you, you're kind of in that situation because Slater's already in the lineup and Pollock's already in the lineup. Um, those are, and without Yaz there, I mean, that's kind of your defensive outfield as, as well as Matos. Um, I, and honestly, too, I, pouring over numbers and looking at everything, I don't know what the solution is. I mean, we know that this Giants team has hit before. Um Tyro's back. He's just getting his feet back under him. Um, he helps lengthen the top of the lineup. Um, of course, he's not in the top of the lineup tonight, right? He's uh, – let me look at the – No, Tyro, Tyro's hitting second, I think. Oh, he is hitting second. Yeah, okay, hitting so second. he is hitting second. So, again, that lengthens the top of your lineup. Um, you're going to have Lamont Wade Jr. off the bench tonight. Um but Tyro and then Mitch Hanniger coming back. I know he wasn't uh, hitting lights out before he hit the DL, but he was just starting to heat up. And unfortunately it was bad timing with the broken arm. Um, but yeah, I don't know what the answer is other than continue to play good defense, which is what they did not do on Sunday. Um, so that that's really the best thing they can do. Continue to play sound defensive baseball and have great pitching out of the bullpen. Uh, the starters will give you four or five innings. The openers will give you one or two. Um, bridge that gap, get to the back end. Camilo Duvall has been fantastic. Um, it's the in-between stuff, just the one extra hit here and there to drive in a run. Uh, you know, to, to instead of a one-run lead going to the ninth, now you got a two-run lead. Now you got a three-run lead going to the ninth. Anything like that is going to help. Uh, just the little things. The Giants are a team that just have to do little things, and, and we've seen that pretty much all year long. There is no room for error with this team. Um, even in the 107-win season, there wasn't a ton of room for error. The Giants won a lot of games that they could have just as easily lost. Um, but it was sound fundamental baseball. It was timely hitting. It was clutch hitting. Uh, and, and I think that's pretty much all the giants are missing right now is that clutch timely hit. Uh, when that starts to come around and starts to fall, it's going to get contagious. It's going to go up and down the lineup. Um, and then as we know, also this year, the giants are streaky. They can roll off five wins. They can lose two in Oakland. They can come back right now and win five or six ball games in a row. That's just kind of the team that they are. Before we get to the player of the week and uh, our drink, though, you know, mine's getting a little light there. Um, 
I, I wanted to talk a little bit about Kapler because he had a couple of quotes that I wasn't really frustrated at. They were very predictable, but I just want to remind him that, you know, we are 110 games or whatever it is into the season. And I'm going to see if people can see this, at least on, on video. I'm wearing my De La Soul shirt. Nice. Stakes is high, right? <laughs> we're, we're in August. So the, you know, we're in need of, uh, of, of playing. It's, 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 you know, the, the, the HBO show about the LA Lakers called winning time. Yeah. We're in winning time right now. So the giants have been able to win on the margins. They're able to win those close games. So that is not a problem though. Some of that can be chance. And I don't, let's take some of the predictability out of this. Let's score some runs. Like they, they need to figure out some stuff. So, okay. The, the two quotes I wanted to get your thoughts on. So they asked him about the offense and I was a little befuddled because I wasn't exactly sure who he was talking about, but he said that this team, um, I, I I don't exactly remember the, the word, you know, he's very, he's very concise with his language. He's saying particularly vague things, but in his own very Kapler way, but it was something to the effect of like this team has historically hit the baseball before. So I'm not really worried about that. And I was thinking about who he was talking about. Like, who's the guys who have consistently hit the baseball? Because your two best offensive players right now, uh, Wilmer and Tyro, Tyro's just coming back from injury. He's having his best season. So you, you can't look back on him and go, oh, yeah, he's had 30 bombs. Like, he's you know, he can come back and be that guy. We This is who he is. He, he's showing us. Wilmer is having one of the better seasons he's ever had. Uh, Confor- maybe he's talking about Conforto because Conforto has been an all-star or close to an all. I don't remember if he made the all-star team, but he's, he's had really good seasons before. Uh, J.D. Davis hasn't really. He's, you know, he, he I think he's probably playing more than he, he's usually playing. Um, Yastrzemski, uh, Jock, they've all had better seasons, uh, I guess, but it's not like what they're doing now is super inconsistent from what they've done before. Like, do you buy that comment that this team, you know, you just, you just sort of got to keep throwing them out there. Cause they're, they've shown that they've done it in the past. I buy that. He probably meant clutch hitting. Like I had just talked about, I mean, guys like Tyro guys like jock, big home runs. Yaz is going to come back. Um, Yaz has clutch hits. Uh, when you look at Brandon Crawford's week, he hit like what he hit like one fifty, <laughs> but he had he had a home run. He had five runs driven in, more runs driven in than anybody else on the team this week. Um, spoiler alert: I did not put him in the player of the week because I couldn't put somebody in the player of the week one fifty. <laughs> I just I had a really hard time with that. I struggled. I did struggle. Um, but I think I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it as he meant clutch hitting. Okay. Because the Giants, this team has never been a team that's going to hit, you know, you're going to have two guys that are going to hit uh, Luis Arias type <laughs> of 400 baseball. That's just not what we do. We, we get on base. We, you know, we bunt, we walk, we move runners over, we get a big hit, we drive in two runs. That was earlier in the season. That's kind of disappeared since the all-star break. So I think that's kind of more what he meant. Uh, you know, we're, we've got to see the clutch hitting come back. That, that is super key for this team because right now you've got pitchers that are going out there, starting pitchers, openers. They're going out there and they're struggling because they have to be so fine. They have to be so perfect. Um, when Stripling was pitching – fantastic baseball the other day and he gave up a solo home run. I started going, Oh man, here's stripling again. I go, no, wait, the guy is pitching fantastic. Yeah. The Giants just are not scoring They're not runs. They're making it. So he's having to walk this tightrope, and it's very frustrating. We saw this back in, you know, the early 2010s from the world series teams, but you had pitchers like Timmy, you had pitchers like Lincecum, you had pitchers or sorry, uh, pitchers like, uh, uh, Bumgarner, Kane, and, and so guys like that—they're—they—they they are good. I mean, they—they they can walk a tightrope, and they don't care. They probably rather pitch in those tight games like that because that—that's what they kind of uh, 
thrive off of, but you know, clutch hitting man. And, and, and I really feel like that's what he was talking about. Do we need, and I'm going to show this to the people watching on video. Yep. Do we need oh, Joe yeah. boo? Mm-hmm. Joe boo needs more rum. We, we need something. Yeah. They, they, they're need so, <laughs> I don't, it doesn't, I don't know if Kapler's big on, uh, <laughs> you know, on, on, on all the, uh, the voodoo, but he's gotta be, man. <laughs> I would like to see he's that. Gotta be. I would like to see them create <laughs> something to kind of believe in like Joe boo to just kickstart this offense, man. I'd be all for that, but don't steal Joe boo's rum. <laughs> That's the key. Cause bad things can happen. Uh, and maybe somebody did steal Joe Boo's rum right yeah. on the all-star break. I mean, that could have been the issue that we're dealing with right now. Okay, here's the other comment. It was about yeah. Sunday's game. So I was uh, I'll I'll let I'll set it up for you. Uh we have something called the kebabacue, where we barbecue <laughs> saw this. kebabs. I like it. Yes. And so the idea is that when uh, Crystal and I got married. It was something that the kids could get excited about. And then I would, then my kids would come and then my ex-wife would come as well. And we'd have like this kind of blended family, like hangout. And so uh, my oldest son dropped off his dog uh, because he had to, I forget, they went go bowling or something. So he dropped off uh, Amber a little early. So I was hanging out with Amber and my dogs. And I just wanted, we were just hanging out outside. so. So Amber's the name of the dog. Amber's the name of the dog. Okay, all right. That's throwing me off. Gotcha. Amber, <laughs> Iggy, and Issa are the three dogs. See, and I get the other two dog names, but I don't get Amber. <laughs> I got to talk to Brian about this. What is Amber? Just, she, I, I mean, she's an Amber, though. She's very okay. clearly an Amber. She's the most, like gentle large <laughs> puppy you've ever seen so i love i love just human names for i for cats we have a neighborhood cat he wears a tuxedo so i call him frank because he looks he walks around like frank sinatra so i've named him frank i had a cat a male cat his name was peter so i i mean so i get it, I get it. <laughs> so i turn on the giants game uh, on, on the radio and I, I've got my Kindle out, so I'm doing a little bit of reading. I'm just hanging out with the puppies. It's it's warm outside, but I just don't want them in the house because there's three of them, and yeah. we're kind of getting ready to have the, the barbecue. So Luke Jackson comes in the game, oh. and he can't get the ball over the plate. He walks somebody. He goes 3-0 and on the, the next guy. And I'm like, all right, he had his three batters. The first one got on on an, on an error. And then he walked the next two. Giants are only up uh, a couple runs here. Let, let's let's figure out what we're doing. And or maybe no, they were only up one at this point, I think. And so I was like, okay, they're going to take him out. Let's get it. He can't find the plate. They don't. He gives up a base hit. They lose the lead. And I was like, man, like I wonder what Kapler's like. What is his excuse for not? actually taking a pitcher out who was not like he, like he didn't have any confidence in his pitches <laughs> and the pitch that he gives up a hit on. I think it was uh, Dave Fleming. Who's like, yeah, you know, or maybe it was, um, God, it may have been Estes Estes or low. I don't remember who was on with, with Fleming, but basically the, uh, there was a pitcher talking and saying, you know, when you can't trust getting the ball over the plate, you just tend to throw it right down the middle. And that was the, that was the pitch that gave up the hit. And so Kapler's reasoning was Luke Jackson has done it before and he will do it again. And I have ultimate faith in him. And I'm like, how? Like he's been on your team for like a month or two. Like, where does that faith come from? I I saw him excel in the world series with the Atlanta Braves. I get that. that, That's probably what he's talking about. (laughs) But how have we... We haven't seen it this year to where he's one of your best relievers. Like I, I, I could yeah. see if it was Duvall or if it was Rogers, right? If it's those two guys, then to me, I go, okay, yeah, that a hundred percent. I get that. Those are two of your best guys. Now, some of this is maybe he feels that Luke Jackson needs a little bit of a, a little bit of confidence, and and he needs to know that his skipper is is behind him. So maybe that's just Kapler managing through the press. But to me, I was like, 
where's the information? Show me that Luke Jackson is the guy who who we can depend on here to load up the bases and get out of this thing with with no damage done. So what did you think of that excuse for our our, our man Kepler? I this is pure one hundred percent evidence that Gabe Kapler is using chat GPT. <laughs> I think, right? I mean, because that's a, how much more canned of an answer can can you get there? That's just like you said. That's just managing through. That's just you know, pump up, rah rah. Yeah. That, I mean, I take that one as a. I don't have anything else to say, but uh, I have faith in Luke Jackson that next time he goes out, he'll pitch well. Well, you have to. You're a manager. You make the yeah. decision. You put a guy on the mound. You put him out there because you want him to pitch well. So that's just, you know, that's one of those, hey, press, I've got some words for you, and here they are. Yeah, I get it. I, I But as a fan, yeah. What I guess what I wanted him to say, what I wanted Kapler to say was, I trusted Luke. You know, he, he was struggling, but he's got my faith and trust. And yeah, if you can have that one back, then, you know, I probably should have taken him out. Like I can see, you know, I can say, okay, you acknowledge that maybe that wasn't the right move and, but you still have faith in your guy. He, he, sometimes he's just so adamant that it was the right move, even when it doesn't work. And I, I understand some of that because they have their playbook and they do things the way that they, that they want to do them, which is fine. But at least if it doesn't work, just say that it doesn't work, dude. Like we're good. We're, we're, we're accepting yeah. of that. I think, I think you can say what you just said. I think Kapler could say that. Um, but what we have to know the personalities and cap knows the personalities of these guys. So if, if you say that about Luke Jackson, you also have to imagine that the press would walk up to him and say, Hey, Kapler said, if he could do it over again, he would have taken you out. And and then Luke Jackson would be the type of guy that said, yeah, he should have taken me out. <laughs> so, so, I mean, you know, if Luke Jackson is that type of guy, you could play off of that. You can air it out. You can get it out there. No harm, no foul, move on, you know, and then Luke Jackson would say something along the lines of, you know, I'll, I'll go out there and I'll, I'll be much better next time. Yeah. And, uh, Cause you can't be worse. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk about, uh, what we are drinking. Then we'll get to our player of the week. And then we're probably going to kind of wrap up cause we, we pretty much raced through everything that we were going to talk about. Um, I will, I will quickly go, uh, cause I am done. I finished. Look, look at that. I saw you drinking a, a red, a red vino over yeah, there, man, yeah. but it just went like, pew. so we have uh, a red wine called fit vine. And the idea behind Fitvine is that it just has less sugar and less carbs than oh. other wines. So it's not, you know, this it's not going to be this uh, you know, this wine that you roll out on a, you know, Saturday night dinner, you know, paying 80 bucks a bottle. It's not that kind of wine. It's kind of like, yeah, if if you want wine and you don't want it to be a killer on your diet, here you go. And uh, Crystal and I enjoy it because we're kind of acclimated to, to it. So it's just like, yeah, you know, if we're, if we're going to have a glass of wine during the week and we're not going to worry about, you know, the, the, the carb intake or the sugar intake, we'll, we'll do fit vine. Cause it, it's, you know, it doesn't have that, that much, uh, that, that much sugar in it. But so I like it, but so the, uh, I usually go scotch or whiskey or tequila or something here or, you know, bourbon and, and, and I was, I was going to go Jack and diet or uh Kentucky's best and, and diet, but I was like, Oh, we have this bottle of, of fit vine there. I haven't had any fit vine in a while. So that was my choice. And so, what you know, you, not you the best you... choice on a, uh, on a hot day. Cause there, you know, yeah. there's no ice <laughs> in it and it's not refreshing, but I don't know. It just looked, <laughs> it just looked appetizing to me when I saw it. So that's why I see it. now of, of wine. So I'm not a big wine drinker, but of wines, I could, drink red wine the most on any day really on any given day i i like the reds over anything else my my wife likes the uh, the minerally white wines mm, mm-hmm. uh, kind of earthy minerals now flavor wise fit vines would you say it just tastes like a normal wine it tastes like a ten dollar bottle of cabernet okay. Sauvignon. like you know it's not 
knock you're not gonna buy it to have with your steak dinner you're gonna kind of buy it just to have it hanging around when you need something now we usually go white because you can chill the white wine and right. and in general the white wine will more than likely have less carbs than the red wine but because we've been drinking a lot of white wine i looked at that red wine and i was like oh i haven't had red wine in a little while let's go now we chill our reds also. Okay. Um, yeah. And then we open, we take them out of the fridge about a half hour, open them up, pour them. And especially during the summer. Uh, and then it kind of changes as it opens up and warms up a little bit. Um, but yeah, we, we chill our reds. I kind of like it. You know, again, we're not chilling like $50 bottles. Yeah. Right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I went, I had to get back to basics because we need to win again. This is my Joe boo. I made a T to C. Yeah, I, I just went for it, man. Two limes in there, nice citrusy. Got the grapefruit, citrus, zevia, the Terramano Blanco in there. Because uh, I had to get back, man. We had to get back to let's get some key base hits. Let's uh, put four on the board in the first inning and uh, put some pressure on the Angels the rest of the I like series. It. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, all right, let's real, get to the real basic, but not crazy. No, it, it sounds refreshing, especially because it was 89 degrees here in, in Sunnyvale. Though, I had a buddy who was out in Sacramento. He said it was 98 degrees in Sacramento. Oh, yeah. It was, I don't know what we had. Right now, it's 80, I don't know, 83, 84. It was probably nice. It's pretty much, during the summer, it is pretty much 90 degrees or above here every single day. We don't get anything else. All right, let's wrap this up. Player of the Week. All right, so our player of the week, we had three choices. It was kind of tough um, because it's not like we've been going, going crazy offensively. Um, our offense has been offensive, I say. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but, but we did have a player with a good defensive week that was on the list. So coming in in third place, Logan Webb, he had a good, uh, his, his one good outing. Uh, this week, he, he went 1-0, seven innings pitched, four hits, one walk, five strikeouts. Um, coming in in second place with 42.9% of the vote, Lamont Wade Jr., a 160 WRC plus with a 304 average. Um, steady Eddie at first base, two home runs, four ribs, three runs scored. Uh, home runs winner, are good for him, too, because when he was hurt, he was yes. not hitting the ball of the park. Exactly. He's hitting jacks. And again, I'll go back to it. Somebody on the uh, Bleacher Report uh, show that we did said we should have gotten CJ Crone. CJ Crone <laughs> is, is awful away from Coors Field. He's been terrible for the Angels so far. Yeah, they'll, they're that. playing against him tonight. I say that, and he's probably going to have a great game. Um, <laughs> but Lamont Wade Jr., you can't take Lamont Wade Jr. off the field. He's one of our best hitters, and he's been just outstanding this season. Um, but coming in first place, Patrick Bailey, 57% of the vote. He had a 1.8 defensive war on the week. We saw him with the back pick to first base to, yeah, to win that end game. a game. I mean, that was absolutely fantastic. 18.2% walk rate. He's starting to kind of see the ball a little bit better. 278 average, a 118 weighted uh, runs creation plus. One run, one RBI. Not a huge offensive week, but starting to get going again. He's getting on base. Uh, yeah, he had two walks yesterday and two hits, so he's kind of starting to pull it back together. But that 1.8 defensive war, throwing base runners out left and right, framing pitches like a like a crazy man out there. Um, so Patrick Bailey is our player of the week. So I liked when he threw the guy, you know, the back pick that you said. Yeah, and Crook and Kipe were like, oh. Uh, they're gonna look at that, and then they they saw the one replay, and they're then they're and then Kipe's like, game over. <laughs> like, <it was> yeah, like, <laughs> I was like, well, awesome. yeah, because it, it was a little questionable because Lamont Wade Jr. kind of dragged that. I mean, it's such a quick tag and such a quick throw. We dragged his glove across the ground just a little bit, and I thought, oh no, that that little hesitation there cost it. Um, but no, it didn't. It didn't cost him. He yeah. When him. before the replay, you would actually do the quick tag because you're trying to, you know, you're trying to show you're, you're basically trying yeah, to fool umpires. It. You're trying to sell it. 
you can't do that anymore because no. everything goes to replay. So <laughs> you got to hold the tag on as long as you can. So just to make sure. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then my second favorite thing is, I think this was yesterday's game. It, 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 it was either yesterday or Saturday's game, but uh, there was a hit, a scored a run and uh, whoever's in right field, maybe it was Conforto. I don't remember. He threw out Tony Kemp at home plate and, yes. uh, and, and Bailey, it, he was dead to right, so he tried to kind of jump around, and Bailey kind of, you know, he has it, and then he's Tony Kemp jumps, so he's kind of got to like tag him high, and Tony Kemp kind of flies over, <laughs> and yeah, athletic dude, he's trying to score, and Patrick Bailey went over to like make sure that he didn't like hurt the guy, and he's like picked yeah. him up, dapped him up, and I was like, ah, but that was really nice, like that would never happen in the seventies, like. And you know, people no, are, he might have gone gone over there and shoved him back on the ground. I know, <laughs> like people are always like, Oh, baseball in the seventies taking at Pete Rose taking. I'm like, no, I don't like no. that stuff. No, we want to see we want to see players stay on the field. Yes. And we want to see the best players continue it's to not play. football. We, don't need to, we have football. No. We don't need football. Yeah, we don't um, need to see guys get knocked out. <laughs> All right, so we, we are going to end this a little bit early because last week and, and the week prior, we, we did two shows during the week, and those are all posted on the YouTube channel, Bleacher Report. Let us take the live feed and, and download it and put it up as shows. So if you wanted to see us in the Bleacher Report ecosystem, those are up there in our YouTube channel. And, hey, give us a follow on the YouTube. You know, the one thing about YouTube is they change the monetization where you had to have a thousand subscribers before you could monetize and they dropped it in half. So wow. you need 500 to monetize. We're still under 200. You know, we're pretty new accounts still, but you know, every once in a while we'll pick up a few here and there, you know, the, the biggest, um, the, the biggest jump that we had in, in views on a video. And it was very surprising to me was I cut up us talking about AJ Pollock last, last week about why the Giants signed him and, all of a sudden people wanted to watch that video. So we got some good hey. views on that one, but uh, yeah, we'll have, uh, I think Brian and I will be back Tuesday night. So for podcast folks, Wednesday morning, talking the Steph Curry documentary on Apple plus, and we'll talk about a little bit about Mike Dunleavy, who was on the Tim Kawakami podcast. And Clay Thompson was also on the uh, Paul George podcast. So we'll talk about all uh, of that stuff. And then, Football's back, man. Sunday, 49ers and Raiders in the first preseason game for both teams. And Roderick and I will be back Sunday at some point. I haven't figured it out exactly, but uh, check out our socials. That may- Maybe we'll figure it out by tomorrow, and I can say it on, on the death line. But, uh, but just in case, keep checking all of our uh, socials to, to figure out. But Sunday night, uh, Sunday late. Late Sunday or Sunday night, Roderick and I will be back with the first post-recap, the recap show of uh, of We Want Winners. We'll talk about the first preseason game. Roderick's been out at every single public practice that the 49ers have held, so he is going to have some thoughts. Dedication, man. What about what's going on with the Rams this year? What are you thinking about the Rams? Uh, I think they're not going to be good. <laughs> uh, they had to dump quite a bit of salary, but, uh, you know, after this season, um, and they had like 12 draft picks too, 12 or 13 draft picks, uh, after this season, they have a first rounder again. Um, and I think they're going to be clear about 50 million in cap space after this season. Uh, so they're going to probably get back to their winning ways. This year, it's going to be a lot of growing pains, a lot of young guys on the club. Um, but, you know, always fun to watch Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, and uh, Matthew Stafford. Stafford, the what, what, what's his deal? Yeah. Is he gonna st- you think he's going to play for a few more years or? Oh, yeah. He's back healthy this year. Um, last year, he had the shoulder issue, and they ended up having off-season surgery, and he's back to pretty much normal. He's out from the start of camp. He's just been the guy. Um, so, yeah, I think he probably plays another two years. I think he's got two years left on his deal, and he'll he'll play those out. Um, this is going to be the first year since 1995 that I have not had Sunday ticket. Oh, and I'm yeah, because sure how on I YouTube feel. now. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about it yet. Um, 
I don't have an extra 500 bucks laying around to yeah. pay for it because I don't subscribe to YouTube TV. Man, you I, should just be able to get your league pass, your team pass, a couple hundred bucks. Well, for 15 bucks a month with DirecTV, which I still have, I can add Sunday ticket. That's part of the sports pack. Or sorry, uh, Red Zone Channel. Red Zone Channel, there you go. Yeah, which is part of the sports pack. So I'm, I think I'm going to do that this year. And I've had XM uh, Premier, like the big package for years and years and years. And that I, I can just listen to the game. So I can pop in the AirPods, listen to the Rams game. The Rams broadcasters on radio are fantastic. It's DeMarco Farr, um, former Rams player. So he's so fun to listen to all the time. I listen to him when we're driving on Sundays sometimes. Um, so I'll just do that, have the Red Zone channel on and do stuff around the house like I normally do. So it's going to be weird for me this this year. But, you know, I'll probably get four or five games where they're actually on TV. Definitely the two against the Niners. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think they play the Raiders this year. So that's another one. So, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be odd. But Yeah, who knows? Maybe YouTube will, as the season goes on, maybe they'll offer some discount packages, especially if the Rams are competing. I sure hope so. All right. We are done here. We will be back next week. The Giants, uh, they have a a pretty good schedule. It's Angels and Rangers at home. So this weekend, you could see the return of Boach. That will be a lot of fun. And then the the Rays are going to be in uh, at Pac Bell after that as well. So three series, you know, the angels may not be uh, what we, we'd consider a good team unless we, we tell the giants, the angels are a great team, if we tell the giants. <laughs> uh, but the Rangers and, and the Rays, those are two of the best teams in the American league. So th- those are going to be some good series uh, over the weekend. And then next week, when we will be back next week, we will be back talking about the, Weekend of Angels, uh, three game series, the Angels, three game series, the Rangers, and sort of previewing the uh, series with the uh, the Rays. So we'll be back on Monday of next week. So for Brad, I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.